class, have a seat. People of the world, welcome to Marketing as a Foreign Language, a repeat of episode 120. Hopefully this time my computer doesn't crash. In the middle of it, good times. Section 230, controversy. What is section 230? Does it really have an impact on your life? Will Facebook have to answer for the crazy crap that people put on the platform? Are they going to be liable for uh, anonymous 12347s? Uh, ridiculous hate speech. I don't know. We'll see. How to rank video on YouTube and Google. Oh my gosh. It's so simple. All you have to do is follow those steps. Wink, wink. Update this plugin now. Maybe you have this plugin on your WordPress website, and if you don't update it, there are security vulnerabilities you should be aware of. LinkedIn puts real people in its ads in a shocking twist. How dare they not pay actors? And Facebook launches a collage app. Your life will never ever be the same. The show begins right now. This article from finance.yahoo.com A 1996 law aiding a low-risk liability environment for online platforms that host user-generated content is again at the center of a congressional inquiry Tuesday with lawmakers uh, needling Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. How many times is this dude going to get called in front of Congress? That has got to be so crazy. His bosses now aren't even the Facebook users, I would argue. His bosses are senators. And they are mean. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, these are some smart people, man. And uh, a lot of them are former attorneys. And they're just grilling you over and over and over again. And yeah, you've got more money, uh, you know, than 99.9 repeating percent of the population. But this is your job. This is your life. Ouch. So, and Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey with questions intended to elucidate if the once popular legislation should be changed or done away with altogether, should Facebook be able to completely skirt liability for um, the posts that people put on their platform? Look, if we want to use the slippery slope argument, we would say, okay, if uh, Facebook starts getting sued, how many other websites would be liable as well, right? So there's a bunch of websites that um, accept content from people. And uh, the end result of that could be that uh, they suffer as well. So you got to think about them. Um, And the other piece of the puzzle would be, do we want American companies like Facebook and Twitter to suffer greatly? Um, Do we have a benefit? Do we see a benefit? And I would argue that as an American, um, it is uh, beneficial uh, for our economy that these companies do relatively well. I'm not saying they should get away with murder. Um, but if there was a wholesale change in the way we viewed um, posting content on a website and people uh, were liable, I should say, the companies themselves, if Facebook and Twitter were liable for every possible thing, they would just get inundated with uh, lawsuits constantly. And it would affect the, um, the platform. It really would. I don't know how they police that. I don't know how you police all the comments on a site as big as Facebook. So should Facebook uh, be able to be sued? At this point, I'm leaning towards no. 
I think they should be able to have a forum where people say whatever they want and people say those things and that it is what it is. Because once you go down the rabbit hole into, you know, Facebook, here's lawsuit number 722,000 uh, because of Jane Doe's comment. First of all, trying to track down who Jane Doe is, it can be tricky because a lot of these people is just fake. Um, and uh, so now Facebook has to uh, be liable and, and, and justify that it would just shut down. It would totally shut down the platform. And then I think uh, the parlors of the world, um, the different social media websites, um, they would just completely rearrange. And I think you'd have like a flood of attorneys that would be uh, dealing with this sort of thing in particular. So I don't think that's likely to happen. Um, to what extent should Facebook Facebook be held liable, say, for, for hosting a group um, that results in the death of somebody, things like that. So there's a lot of gray area if Facebook knowingly permits um, certain groups to like coordinate an attack on a country, that sort of thing. Um, there might be something there. So I think different precedents will be set at different times. Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, this uh, again, finance.yahoo.com, was enacted more than two decades ago as the growing internet spurred fears that online pornography distributors would let their content fall into the hands of children. Weird. Today, the subject of much wider concerns over the spread of false and misleading information and political bias, quote, I think it's fair to say that the internet has outgrown Section 230, according to U.S. Senator John Cornyn, a Republican of Texas, he said in the Tuesday hearing, entitled Breaking the News, Censorship, Suppression, and the 2020 Election. But changes in the law could threaten the business models of some of the world's most influential companies. In prepared testimony on Tuesday, both Dorsey and Zuckerberg said they're open to changes in Section 230, but that the changes should only go so far. And I'm inclined to agree with that sentiment. I think that uh, if there was just a flat-out um, change in the law that gave uh, Twitter or made Twitter and Facebook completely liable for everything that anyone said, you'd never get anything posted. I mean, it would turn into a real mess pretty quick. Back to the article, but changes to the law could threaten the business model. Yep, yep, yep. With the 1996 Act, Congress amended the Communications Act of 1934, adopting a new provision introduced by Senator James Exxon, uh, which outlawed a transmission of all, quote, indecent content viewable over the internet by any minor. So I think it's fair to say that Facebook and Twitter um, do get rid of a lot of this ridiculous content. Like you don't see pornography on Facebook and Twitter, so they can get rid of it. And so I guess where's the line? Uh, calling for violence against someone, um, you know, certain swear words. I mean, you could draw the line wherever you wanted. And I think that's really what we're talking about here is, is where is the line going to be drawn for a private company? That's the real question. Um, this isn't a government agency. This isn't public education. It's a private company. Um, and uh, where will we draw that line? We'll have to keep our eyes on this um, as, uh, as it evolves. But uh, it is interesting to see the, the battle uh, raging on. So how to rank videos on YouTube and Google. This from searchenginejournal.com. These key optimization tips will help you get videos published, blah, 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 blah. So by 2022, online video is making up more than 82% of all consumer internet traffic. People watch an average of 16 hours of online video per week. 85% of businesses use video as a marketing tool. We all get it. Video is very important. So how to rank a video on YouTube. Oh, this will come as a shocker to absolutely no one. There are a lot of factors that go into video ranking, but guess what? Quality. <laughs> I love that. It's like uh, 
if you went to Walmart and you said quality, number one thing, or the 99 cent store, and you said quality, it's the, it's the most important thing. Not always. It's really not. Um, it, it is always quantity versus quality. It's always striking the balance of those two things. So yes, uh, you could have a YouTube channel with uh, zero videos on it and you made one video and it was the greatest video ever created and the quality is outstanding and not enough people see it to share it, then you're toast. Um, so this, this kind of argument that, you know, everything you must, that everything you do must be perfect all the time is uh, somewhat ridiculous to me. Um, according to the article, quality isn't a direct ranking factor because there's no way to objectively measure it. Yeah, we get it. Um, number of likes, number of comments, number of shares is obviously important when it comes to ranking a YouTube video. Um, they make the argument that keyword research is a big deal. Um, so unlike what traditional SEO, according to the article, keyword research for YouTube is pretty simple. There are no tools like SEM Rush. Um, if you're an SEO person, you know what that is. You can basically punch in a website and get a whole bunch of keywords. You can see how many backlinks they have, stuff like that. All that we really have are the interfaces of both YouTube and Google for YouTube. So basically, if you type into YouTube, you'll get a suggest box, right? So you start typing something in and it'll, it'll auto-suggest it for you. So that's a decent way to come up with titles because it shows what people are searching for. So if uh, you need to find a decent uh, name, for your YouTube video, that's a good way to go about doing that. Um, article uh, continues on. It's important to remember that high view count doesn't necessarily mean that a topic is worth creating a video for. The view count can be inflated by other Excuse me. The view count can be inflated by other advertising channels such as paid search, social email, etc. Exactly. So sometimes you'll see views. Um, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. If you go back to some of the videos I made earlier, you'll see that many of them have thousands and thousands of views, and that's because I paid for them. They're like three cents a view, and uh, it makes the channel look more popular than it actually is. Um, now, I didn't intend to do it just for that reason. I, I did it because I was trying to get the word out. It just so happened that it also inflates the view count. So anyone with money can create a YouTube channel with a ton of views on it. It's not that hard. Also, you can go to places like Fiverr and just pay some dude, um, you know, in some other country to have his bot army, you know, swarm upon your videos and uh, watch them. And that, of course, doesn't mean that they'll rank well by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, of the imagination. So video optimization. When we talk about optimizing your video, we're talking about two things, the video itself and the page on YouTube where that video is. Um Okay, so correlation, causation, da, 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 da. So the idea here, and quoting from the article, I believe this is because longer videos tend to be more comprehensive. So they answer viewers' questions more completely. So it's not necessarily that the video itself is um, uh, needs to be a certain length. It's not like, because I looked into this, I want to say it's like 15 minutes tends to be the highest ranked um, YouTube video time. It's not that 15 minutes is this sort of magic number. Um, it's that it usually takes that long to get your point across, right? Um, it could be that with a 15 minute video, more people tend to watch longer and that influences the algorithm in a positive way. Or when people see the video, they, uh, they see the video time rather they go, yeah, I can do 15, right? If you see a video and it's like 59 minutes, sometimes you go, ugh, don't really want to invest that much time in that particular video. So I think longer form videos get beat up that way. Um, so 
15 minutes is more or less the general idea. Um, is this because it's better to answer a question in that amount of time? Um, or is it better because the algorithm just prefers it? And then when it comes to um, the video itself, quote, Google has been rapidly implementing machine learning in a lot of different ways, which we covered in depth in an article a few years ago. We already know that they're extracting the audio from videos we upload and automatically creating a text transcript. So that's a big deal. Um, I, I'm watching a lot of YouTube nowadays and I'm watching it in Spanish and my ability to hear the different dialects of Spanish, or I should say the different accents is, is bad. So if someone from Spain is speaking sobre sus zapatos and they're using their Spanish uh, accent, uh, I struggle to understand what they're saying. Um, but the Google uh, auto caption doesn't. I mean, it really gets it. Um, and not just in English, in Spanish as well. So nobody punched in any of this information. It's an auto caption. Um, but I will listen to the words that the folks are saying, not understand them, but look at the auto captions and go, oh, it doesn't mean that the auto captions are perfect. They're not. But uh, I would argue that probably 96% of what I'm saying on this video will be understood um, by YouTube. And so it's important that you include the words um, and that they correlate with the title. For, exa for example, this article is called Section 230 Controversy. The fact that I just said that is going to help this video rank. And then obviously you want to uh, you want to link to the YouTube video wherever possible. You want to create a blog, link back to it, that sort of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, just anything you can do to get more subscribers. You know the drill. You know the drill. So moving on, techradar.com uh, writes, WordPress site owners currently using the Ultimate Member plugin are being urged to update to the latest version in order to patch three serious security flaws that could be exploited to launch site takeover attacks. So the news here is if you have a WordPress website and you have Ultimate Member plugin, bad news. Um, you definitely want to update that. Ultimate Member, excuse me, Member is a popular WordPress plugin designed to help simplify the task of creating and managing user profiles. So just a heads up on that one. LinkedIn puts real people in its ads. This from thedrum.com. LinkedIn recently launched a major campaign which features real community members and their stories in a year when job and business confidence could take a hit. The drum spoke to LinkedIn to get the underneath the strategy. So in a bi-weekly workforce confidence index survey that LinkedIn launched to understand how professionals feel about their jobs, finances, and careers, uh, the findings were interesting. Despite the pandemic, um, people have remained cautiously optimistic throughout the period, blah, blah, blah. But what's up with this advert with real pe people? So the prolific professional network recently launched a new brand campaign in some of its key markets like India and Australia. The campaign narrates real life stories of some real consumers and shows how their lives changed by deploying the power of the social network. So I like this a lot. Um, if, uh, if I were to, for example, as Send It Rising, um, create videos um, detailing the lives of our customers, that could be really neat, right? So we go into the garage door repair company, right? And uh, we get a sense of what their their daily lives look like. And then we intersperse some of the work that Send It Rising is doing. So why did that call come in, right? Well, it came in because of a Google ad and here's how we tracked it, but it wouldn't really be about that. So this is interesting, having advertisements with not paid actors who are coming in and saying whatever it is you want them to say, but with actual people that are using the platform and describing the effects therein. Back to the article, quote, the recently launched campaign spotlights three real members 
and shows how tools, resources, and one's community on LinkedIn helped members find new jobs, learn new skills, and start new conversations. So I'm all about it. It's an interesting way of advertising. I think it's pretty smart. Good for them on that one. Facebook launches collage app final story of the day. So Facebook's internal R&D group, according to TechCrunch.com, has today officially launched its latest app. It's e.gg, or I'll just call it egg, to a broader audience. The app, a freeform creation tool described as a digital zine creator and GIF collage bonanza. Do you need a GIF collage bonanza in your life? Was announced earlier this year, but was only onboarding users via a wait list. Until now, today it's available in the App Store for anybody to download. It allows users to create and share canvases. Um, they're basically mixed media artsy collages uh, using a combination of text, images, and or GIFs. The latter leverages Facebook's acquisition of the GIF repository Giphy from May. Anything you make in Egg can be given its own unique URL, which is pretty cool. So you could send a GIF, uh, I'm sorry, a collage of like, you know, somebody's kid or your kid or I don't know. If you're dating somebody, you could do a collage of dating moments you had with that person. You could do all sorts of stuff. Yes, you could. And so e.gg, check it out on Facebook. So to recap, um, will Facebook and Twitter be held liable? I think they'll be held more liable um, than they were in the past. I think they're going to have to take more responsibility as they go larger. But I do not believe that they are going to um, have to account for every single thing that people say on the platform as section 230 rolls out. How to rank video on YouTube and Google. Yeah, 15 minutes is a decent way of looking at it. Um, being consistent is a big deal. Um, advertising on Google ads, if you can knock that out, is a pretty big deal. Putting the blogs, um, or embedding the YouTube videos into blogs uh, is a big deal as well. And then if you wanna use the auto-suggest, you, know, you just type it into YouTube and get a sense of what people are searching for. Um, the ultimate member plugin is a plugin you should update now. There's a security vulnerability there. LinkedIn puts real people in its ads. Pretty cool narrative uh, for an advertisement as far as I'm concerned. And Facebook launching a collage app. Good stuff. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for swinging on by. Thanks for hitting the like button for those of you that have done that. Much appreciated. Um, if you want to send us an email and have me read a question on the live show, you would send that to info at senditrising.com. That's info senditrising.com. Obviously, I'd love to see you in chat. Makes me happy. Warm fuzzies. I'm here every single day, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Monday through Friday. If you are in your car, check us out, Spotify, iTunes, all that sort of stuff. Therein is the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for um, joining me today. And uh, we'll see you next time, uh, which, of course, is tomorrow. Same time, same place. All right. Talk to you later. Class dismissed.